You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute if you're still going to work or just part of your daily routine at home. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, the, it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And this week only through May 31st, get an additional $5 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Well, Kyle, the uh, Power Five conferences, which describe themselves as the Autonomy Five, which I found very interesting, they got together and wrote a letter to Congress saying, hey, you need to do the name, image, and likeness legislation on the federal level so that we don't have states doing it and so that we don't have to wait for the NCAA to do it. Uh, And there's plenty to discuss regarding that, and we'll get into that. Also, uh, Athlon Sports, you've seen the Athlon magazines. When I was growing up, I made sure I always bought one of those Athlon magazines and usually a Street and Smith as well, uh, and the Sporting News. Uh, Usually there are three preview magazines for college football and Athlon has an SEC preview where it picks Kentucky. We'll talk about where they pick Kentucky a little bit later, but uh, Kyle, I I don't think we can ignore uh, the world around us right now. It is absolute chaos. It is madness. Uh, We're in the midst of a pandemic trying to reopen our economy and, and and this happens a police officer, Video of him kneeling on George Floyd's neck in Minneapolis, clearly um, unnecessary, resulting in the man's death as he's just lying on the ground with, you know, defenseless, handcuffed. Um, Well, I don't know if he's handcuffed, but he's clearly not a threat. And uh, Minneapolis has uh, revolted over it, burning down parts of the town. Uh, But the good news is, is that cop has been arrested and charged with murder. He's in custody. Yeah, and much faster than is normally the case in these situations. Um, That is the one positive thing today is that the right thing was done. Uh, The four police officers involved, uh, because a big part of this conversation today is about um, whether, you know, you're any better than the person doing something awful if you stand and watch it happen. Um, and you know, that, that has a broad meaning. I mean, that, that that goes generally for all of us. If we stand Mm -hmm. by and and don't speak up, you know, if I'm, if I, as a, a very privileged white male in America, don't stand up and speak on behalf of, or just offer support to, or uh, put an end when I hear a conversation that is um, damaging to people in a less privileged position than me, or uh, in a in an attacked uh, dy- um, in an attacked um, group of people. Uh, you know, am I any better than the people who are doing it? Um, obviously, 
there are a lot of good people uh, who don't have that hate in their heart who are afraid to speak up. And so I don't necessarily think they're as bad as, as the hateful people. Um, but there is some bad involved with not doing anything. And, and especially, especially way beyond speaking up when you're standing there as a police officer sworn to serve and protect people and you do nothing when it's clear that one of your fellow officers is, is killing a man. Um, it's bad. So all, all four of those officers were immediately fired. Uh, but everybody goes, okay, but yeah, if this was a normal citizen, they'd be arrested on the spot. What's going on here? Uh, but it didn't take long, and maybe it took the city burning uh, to get quicker action. But I'm, I am pleased to know that this man is being charged with murder. Um, as far as the city burning, uh, I would say don't break other people's stuff and steal other people's stuff and set other people's property on fire and risk injury to other people. I would also say there's a reason people get pushed to that end. Uh, and it's when their silent protests or their peaceful protest or their, their begging and pleading goes unanswered. Like the man laying on the ground with a knee in his neck saying yeah. over and over again, help me. I can't breathe. Uh, when, you know, some of the same people who are just raging against the, the thugs, as the president of the United States called them, uh, who rioted, those same people hated with a white hot passion the peaceful, silent, unharmful yeah. protest of taking a knee during a national anthem. Uh, yeah. So you can't have it both ways. You either sit up and listen and take seriously people's uh, peaceful protest. Or you're going to deal with this. And I'm not saying it's right to break things and burn things. It isn't. And it's dangerous. And I hope they'll stop. <laughs> but I also, I also feel very strongly that if you can't stand up and listen and address these issues, then you're going to get, there are going to be some boiling, some moments where things boil over. Um, and, and this is a direct result of ignoring a, a, victimized and oppressed people for too long. And uh, so anyway, uh, that's how I feel about it. And uh, feel free to tweet at me because so many of you do. If you disagree, I don't care. You can. You're free to disagree and you're free to hate me for it. Uh, but that's how I feel. And I was happy to see Carl Towns stood beside Steven Jackson, the former NBA player who was crazy. He was the best friend of, of this man, George Floyd, who was killed. And they called him twin and called him twin because he looked like his identical twin. It was really strange. Uh, they grew up around the same area in Houston. But they were not related. They looked very similar. They were good friends. Uh, he showed up, Stephen Jackson, in Minneapolis uh, at a rally, held a press conference and had some very powerful things to say. And Carl Towns, who is on the Minnesota Timberwolves and also has, I don't think has really been seen publicly since his mother passed away of COVID-19. Uh, he stood there with a bandana around his uh, mouth and nose, uh, obviously to protect himself, um, but and and wearing a Black Lives Matter hat um, and showing solidarity. And I say, good on Carl for that. Yeah. Um, well, a few things uh, I'll come back with is the uh, when you say when you're just you know standing by and you don't do anything. I'll say in any situation, I think that takes a lot of courage and I'm not condoning the behavior by any means, but if you're like, you know, walking to your car uh, at the grocery store and you see something happening, you know, a couple cars over, I mean, do you intervene and put your own life at risk 
or do you just you know get in your car and call the cops or do you walk away and do nothing if you're a police officer um i'd say there's a certain brotherhood there that they don't want to like uh step on anybody's toes you know what i mean yeah and that's um, wrong i can see I that mean, right yeah it is yeah. wrong but i could see i could see where they're well I, I don't mess with that officer like i that officer has seniority over me whatever uh, how dare i jump in there and say something yeah. but when it's that obvious uh clearly you, you must do something I, i'm just making the point that it's not always easy it's not always obvious in those people's minds you know, oh, not not at all. It takes great courage, I think, to do that. And and there are some situations where you absolutely have to weigh your personal cost. Like if it's a violent a crime happening and you consider that I have children at home that need me more than this stranger needs me to risk my life. Yeah. Um, that's a choice you have to make. And I think you know, I can't fault someone for not putting their life at risk. But another officer standing by and saying, I, you know, this guy might be dying right now. And I don't know how yeah. a reasonable person could watch. I mean, the whole crowd was gathered there saying like, yeah. you're killing him. You're killing right. him. They you, were you, telling and him. it's not a, and it's not an accepted procedure to, to dig your knee into the, someone's throat for nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not, it, it takes no, it doesn't take a lot of courage, no matter who that officer was or what respect he had or any brotherhood to say, don't kill this guy. I mean, even just for common sense, don't kill this guy with these cameras rolling, you moron. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable. And then it, it takes far less courage, I think, to say something, to, to speak right. up publicly on people's behalf. You know, right. it, it doesn't take that much courage. It just takes being willing to piss off some people. So what? Too many people care about everybody, trying to be liked by everybody. Don't yeah. be don't be trying to, try to be liked by any, don't be trying to be liked by anybody. Just try to do what you think is the right thing. Uh, I mean, history is is full of people who believe they were doing the right thing, and at the time, a million people hated their guts for it and said they were doing the wrong thing. You do what you think is the right thing, and if 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 you're afraid of some people being mad at you, like there are so many people that are afraid of like making their family members mad. Uh, by saying this is who I am and this is what I believe in. How many people go years without really showing their own true face to their parents or ever, never uh, because they were raised one way and they feel a different way or they behave a, a different way. Um, you know, I used to be like that. I grew up in a super strict uh, family and with, uh, you know, at least, at least socially conservative, um, very conservative um, beliefs you know, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, everybody. Um, and forever I tried to like, you know, I moved away as soon as I got, you know, out of college. And so I could be whoever I wanted on my own, but I tried to sort of like hide that when I would be around my family. And now I don't, I don't, you know, this is, this is what I am. I'm rough around the edges. Uh, I try to be good to people, but you know, this is, this is who I am, what I am, what I believe. Some of it clashes with the stuff that I was told my whole life growing up, and that's fine. And and you know, if somebody in the, at a family gathering tells a off color joke, uh, you know, tells a a, a racist joke, because believe it or not, growing up in Tennessee, that happens at, at some family gatherings, some mm -hmm. some some yeah. extended family. Everybody's got that uncle or whatever. I don't I don't tolerate that anymore. Uh, yeah, you know, and that you you shouldn't be afraid to piss some people off. That doesn't, that's not courage. Like, that's just being a grown up. Like, be a stand up and be a grown 
ass man or woman. And when somebody says or does something that you know is just wrong and it feels wrong in your heart, then say it. And to hell with whoever doesn't like it. That's how I feel. And this crap about cops killing black people, it's not cool. I mean, it's it's just wrong. It doesn't mean all police are bad and many are good. But we need more people in police departments to stand up to their brothers and say, screw the brotherhood and the, and the whatever. The brotherhood's great when the brotherhood is about good things and about yeah. being there for each other and helping each other and helping the community. But when the brotherhood is about covering up dirty crap, then, then screw the brotherhood and be a man or a woman of substance and character and do not allow it to happen on your watch. To me, it, I mean, it's not hard to see the injustice in this situation, but I mean, this keeps, this continues for years I mean, since Ferguson, um, since before then. Oh, way um, before Ferguson, but yeah. We're, yeah we're... I mean, but, but at that level of, you know, uh, civil unrest and, and it just, and, and nothing, nothing changes. Um, but we need to take a break. Uh, and I think we've said enough uh, on a sports podcast anyway uh, for one segment. We won't carry this through the whole show. We will get into some sports, and we'll do that when we continue here on Locked on Kentucky. I want to tell you about the protein bar that is just great. I had one today. It's called Built Bar. I had the chocolate orange flavor today. Uh, it tastes like It tastes like a chocolate orange candy that you would get in a box of chocolates. They have blueberry lemon. They have uh, chocolate raspberry. They have peanut butter chocolate. Uh, So many different great flavors, all of them covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, They have half of the flavors include some kind of nut flavor, but then there's another half of the flavors that don't include nuts at all produced in nut-free facilities if you have a nut allergy. So you're good for anyone. Uh, Just pick your flavor. These bars are good on the go, uh, but th- they don't have the bad stuff. And so many, you know, these protein bars, not only do they taste kind of chalky or whatever, but then there'll be too many carbs in them or too much sugar to make them taste good. Well, this is low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high protein, high fiber, super healthy and tastes great. That's a hard combo to find. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order. But then, this week only through the 31st of May, get an additional $5 off your first box. So $15 total off for the end of this week if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on for $10 plus an additional $5 off your first order. Once again, that's builtbar.com. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Okay, we're back here on Lockdown Kentucky, and we'll get to uh, UK football in a moment. And uh, I think we teased on yesterday's show that you had a state of the program uh, for UK football coming out in the Athletic. Fake, that fake is, news. <laughs> that has been Sorry moved, right? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming out Sunday. That's my bad. It was on the schedule to run Friday. Uh, but it is, uh, it's going to be our Sunday read, which is uh, really, I guess, to try to give it a little more visibility. It's funny about how uh, a little inside baseball here, but a lot of times things that post on a Friday afternoon uh, just die a slow death <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, in terms of eyeballs, you know, and um, that's been a little different during the pandemic because people are just in the house and nobody knows what day is a day. Uh, but 
uh, now it seems like people are getting back to work and normal life and schedules and it's, uh, you know, the weekend and people getting out. So I guess they, they wanted more folks to see it on a Sunday. So that'll be Sunday afternoon or well, Sunday morning, it'll be published. And again, it'll be kind of an exhaustive preview of Kentucky football. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that on Monday, I guess, kind of put a, put a little bit of a kink in our plans to, uh, to have, have that as a topic today, but there's plenty of other things to, to discuss for sure. Um, like the name image and likeness. So the, the power fives get together and they write a letter to Congress addressed to Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, and Charles Schumer, the, you know, the leaders in the house and the Senate. And they basically are saying we are the autonomy five, which I hadn't heard that before. Had you heard that before? Is that just new to uh, me? Am I the only- no, I think they, I think they've referred to themselves as the autonomy five before. I mean, I think they've uh, made reference to that in the past. Um, hold on. I'm gonna do a quick search. I'm pretty sure I've heard that before. Um, well, obviously we see what it indicates. It indicates, Hey, we do what we want. We operate on our own. And that's what they're saying here is, Hey, yeah. We want to operate on our own here. Forget the NCAA. Don't wait on them to screw this up. Don't wait for the states to make individual uh, laws about this and be a patchwork NIL uh, rules and regulations. Federal government, we need you to make the guidelines. Uh, so, yeah, just real quick. The Autonomy 5 has been a, a thing they've been identifying themselves as for a few years now. I've found okay. there's, a doc, there's a document from... Uh, early 2019 on the SEC's official website uh, where they've had uh, meetings and stuff. I mean, it's been no secret that for a while, the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, and SEC wield yeah. all the power. You know, they're the, the power five right. conferences. I think I think Autonomy 5 was just the politically correct name so that they didn't say, like, we have all the power and you don't, even power though, five. like, yeah. I mean, autonomy is power. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, we all know that when it comes down to it, the decisions will be made from that group. Uh, and if, ever, if there's ever a split, by the way, which I don't think is completely impossible, the, those five conferences would break away in a heartbeat and be fine from the NCAA. You know, if it gets to the point where the NCAA is just, you know, uh, not giving them what they want, uh, or they think they can make more money on their own without having to share it, share any of it with the little guys. So they'll absolutely do that, and it mm-hmm. would be the, it would be those five, those autonomous five uh, conferences that would do that. Anyway, sorry to mean to interrupt, but that's not a new term. Um, so the rest of it is they they lay out um, the the things that they're looking for, which is what I mentioned is prevents you know, states from doing their own thing uh, to protect the student athletes from unscrupulous actors through implementation of appropriate standards and safeguards with respect to representation. So making sure the agents that handle these sponsorship deals for players are on the up and up, uh, keep it from being pay for play by precluding colleges and universities, universities from paying student athletes to play sports either directly or indirectly through NIL licenses entered into with their institutional sponsors and material athletic program boosters. So that addresses Kentucky's a Nike school. Uh, a player couldn't, they, they're suggesting a player couldn't, shouldn't be allowed to be a spokesperson for Nike if Nike is the sponsor of that school. And then does it also extend to Kyle, your interpretation of let's say, uh, you know, Take Paul Miller Ford, for example, uh, a UK sponsor. Could then, are they trying to say then any 
sponsors of the institution, institutional sponsors, shouldn't be allowed to have a player as a spokesperson because that is kind of indirectly or directly pay for play? I Well, I, I think the issue, I think what they're trying to get away from is they don't, they like, they don't want the athletes when they're able to do these endorsements to use the school logos or s- affiliate with the school. Um, and you don't want to do that because you don't want, you know, if they decide to endorse uh, whatever tobacco and you don't want the school affiliated with tobacco, then you uh, just using that as a random example. Um, then you don't want them to like have their Kentucky uniform on and be like, you know, Anthony Davis of the University of Kentucky is here to promote X, Y, Z. Uh, and so maybe by maybe they're saying if you have uh, a business that's already um, a part affiliated with the university and they're already, you know, Paul Miller Ford, the official car of U- UK basketball. And then you have a UK basketball player, even if he doesn't technically wear the marks, uh, those two things kind of combine to to have him endorsing on behalf of the university, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if I even if I'm even making sense to myself, um, but I assume it's there's it's something to do with that sort of line of reasoning. Well, it gets murky uh, that way uh, in some other um, things that they say. And you mentioned the tobacco, alcohol, gaming. They mentioned that permit you know. Permit universities to preserve their standards and policies by prohibiting NIL agreements with advertising categories inconsistent with higher education, tobacco, alcohol, gaming, etc. So that covers that part. Uh, There's another part where protecting the integrity of recruiting rules by prohibiting the use of NIL as an inducement to enroll or remain enrolled at a specific university or college. So... um, We'll take another business. You remember Joe Bologna's, the restaurant downtown. Remember they got in trouble for Big giving trouble. free free meals to players. Remember that? They're still, they're a, still like persona non grata, right? I mean, uh, I yeah, know that they, not, for, they couldn't be affiliated with the university in, in any way, right? And they, they didn't even want athletes going in there, I don't think, after that happened. Yeah. So take them and say that uh, Joe Bologna uh, – couldn't offer to a perspective like uh, let's take uh, Bo Allen who plays right here, Lexington Catholic. If, if to get him to come to Kentucky, um, he couldn't have offered him okay free meals at at Joe Bologna's as part of a name image likeness, or say you'll be our spokesperson on our ads or whatever. You can't do that. So that seems that seems fair. Um, that, I mean, you could you could understand that, but. They're going to find a way to get around those, yeah. you would think. Um, and then to make it, there's they're saying uh, boosters, to keep boosters out of the way. Um, like, I, I, I don't know how you can, what, what I'm getting at is, if you are a booster to the University of Kentucky and you own a business, so you can't be a booster and provide... Uh, financial support to the program and then also have a player be your spokesperson. Cause that would be, that would kind of be like your jam. That's what you'd want to do. You know, if you own a business uh, and you're also a big booster for UK, especially like these apparel stores, you know? Yeah. I, that's, that's the thing. I don't really know how you draw that line or how, how many loopholes there's going to be. Um, I mean, because is, isn't everybody in Lexington, isn't every business in Lexington to some extent probably a, considered a UK booster? 
I mean, <laughs> do all those companies not have like, you know, prime season tickets where, which require a donation? Um, I don't know. I don't know how you define that. I'm not sure they're going to be able to enforce that. I mean, look, just stop with the crap. I mean, if either let these guys get the money or don't let them get the money. That's what drives me crazy. Like, we're going to sort of do it, but we're going to put all these rules on it. And so really, they to really limit their earning power, uh, just open it up. Because, look, you know, if you want to go to Podunk U because they happen to have some billionaire oil tycoon as a booster and you want to be the only, you know, good player out in the middle of nowhere, then you'll do that. And that's fine. So what? You know, let the best player in America go play in the middle of nowhere for, you know, to endorse, you know, car dealer you, whatever. Just let it happen. I mean, eventually the market will sort itself out. And still, the the top universities, guys are going to go play for name brand programs. They're going to go play for well-known yeah. coaches. They're going to go to places that develop them the best for the NBA. And those places are going to be able to compensate them in some way through these endorsements situations let it happen uh the other thing that's the i think probably the most interesting thing excuse me about this letter from these autonomous five conferences which featured some of the worst signatures in the history of mankind by the way (laughs) bob 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 bolsby of uh the big 12 his signature appears to say nutty n-u-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-t-
uh, and I don't mean liberal politically, I mean liberally uh, opening things up for, for these players to make have opportunities and make money than what the what these schools and these conferences want. Like they're like, okay, we'll give you something, but we're not giving you everything. And they don't want, you know, they don't want to give their little bit and have these state laws uh, counteract that. So they are essentially in a cowardly kind of way asking, I think, asking uh, national government to pass a law that supersedes all the state governments. Um, That to me is the most interesting thing here. It's essentially these conferences saying, let's help us out here, Congress, you know, uh, let's act like we're giving these guys something, but let's write a, a uniform law that supersedes some of these more generous laws in the states uh, around the country. So um, it's kind of the typical crap. Like I, I'm, a, I, I'm sort of off put by it. Not, you know, to say nothing of the terrible uh, third grade signature of Bob Bowlesby, the just the idea like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going it, to, it's time. We're going to help compensate these guys but mm, only only as much as we're comfortable with uh, and it's not as comfortable as as you might imagine uh, I, that part of it kind of irks me yeah all right well we are running pretty long here so we'll take a break and wrap it up with talking uk football and uh, athlon sports prediction for the cats when we return here on locked on kentucky this is locked on kentucky your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and Athlon Sports has put out its preview, its SEC preview, and they picked Kentucky to finish fourth in the SEC East with a 7-5 and five record. Uh, I think Kentucky's going to have a better season than that. Uh, disrespect or enough respect, Kyle? Uh, it's, it's some respect. Uh, some respect. I mean, it's more. I think it's more respect than they've gotten – in recent years. I mean, because they did just lose, I mean, they did just lose an all American offensive lineman. They did just lose the SEC's leading rusher and, you know, the most versatile player in college football, um, in Lynn Bowden, you know, a dynamic, I mean, essentially the guy who turned out to be their quarterback last year and, and led them to all the, those key victories. Um, you know, they did lose uh, some stuff there. Um, even so, I mean, you went, you won ten games. You lost all your whole, damn near your whole roster, and then still managed to win eight games with a wide receiver at quarterback. And you bring a lot of that team back. And I you should have beaten Tennessee and Florida, right? And I, and so I think if you, on the one hand, this is a little more respect I feel like than they've gotten in some years, and and some you know some places have given you know what was it Pro Football Focus that had them in the top twenty five uh, mm-hmm. based on Number kind 20. of grading. Yeah. Um, but this in particular, it's a little more respect, but it's if you slap the name Georgia or Florida or Alabama or whatever, Auburn, on what Kentucky did the last two years and you know the amount of returning starters, the fact that four out of five offensive linemen are back from a really good offensive line and you know all three, all three of their top running backs are back from a great running game and you know the whole secondary is back after they they really thrived replacing the whole secondary a year ago um you know a guy like boogie watson is back if you if you slapped one of the upper echelon sec programs names on that information they wouldn't be picked to go seven and five so and yeah. on that so on that hand i think it is a it, it's it's not enough respect um I think eight and four is is the like safe 
fair but so, sort of safe uh, prediction for Kentucky. Like I think that that is the respect pick for Kentucky because yeah. because because I mean look they haven't won eight games they've won eight you know haven't won eight games a handful of times in the last twenty years. Um, so that, that's a good year for them. Now, do I think they're capable of nine or 10 wins? Uh, yes. A hundred percent do think so. Um, and wrote that in the thing that will come out Sunday in the athletic, but I feel like, like the, the sweet spot for giving them enough respect, also hedging a little bit that, you know, are they really ready to contend for the sec? I think that's still a fair question. Eight and four feels like the right number to me. Yeah. With, uh, Athlon's predictions, Florida is who they predict to win the East, then Georgia, and then Tennessee third with an eight and four record, five and three in the SEC. That is the traditional power in the East, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee. That's the way it's always been. However, Tennessee has not been there yet. They've, they haven't climbed uh, up there yet. Mark Stoops was hired at the same time that Butch Jones was hired at Tennessee. Butch Jones has since been fired, and now Jeremy Pruitt is in his, he'll be entering his Third, I believe, second or third year, was last year Jeremy Pruitt's first year? No, uh, I think it was his second. I think this is. Yeah, I think this is. Uh, this, this will be Pruitt's will be his third. third. Yeah. So in his third year, they're expecting, and many predictions are. I mean, Tennessee had a great recruiting class. Uh, they're expecting Tennessee to take another step and move up. And then, so if you look at Kentucky um, here over the last few years, Kentucky is picked ahead of South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, which is. I think accurate. You look at South Carolina, Kentucky won five straight in that series until losing last season against Missouri. Kentucky's won five straight in that series against Vanderbilt. Kentucky's won four straight in that series. Uh, Florida 2018 is Kentucky's only win over Florida since 1986, Georgia, Kentucky's lost nine in a row to Georgia. 2009 was the last win. Georgia's also been either in the college football playoff or on the cusp of it last few years, Tennessee, this is this is Kentucky's mountain to climb that they have not been able to get over. They did beat Tennessee in 2017, uh, and they broke the streak in 2011. So 2011 and 2017 are Kentucky's only wins over Tennessee since 1984, even though Kentucky has had the better team the last few years. They just haven't been able to do it. It's like a, a voodoo hex on them. They, they, uh, they can't get over the hurdle. I mean, absolutely dominated Tennessee last season. Dominated that game. Start to finish. Couldn't get uh, a couple of short yardage um, first downs in situations that were critical. Um, Well, in two years years ago, the best season in 40 years, they they win 10 games. They they beat Penn State in a bowl game. And they just lay an absolute egg against a 5-7 Tennessee team. Yeah. It's uh, that, I mean, that the two years ago one was just totally, totally staggering that uh, that they not only lost but just played awful uh, in that game. That said, but Tennessee I mean, has been down. Tennessee has been down. This was your time to like, like get the streak going where you win four or five in a row over Tennessee, and it's not happened. And now here's Tennessee expected to rise up and surpass Kentucky. We'll see. I mean, you know, the one thing I'd say about putting the head-to-head matchup aside, just because that's not the only game they play all season. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, you can write off Kentucky because they lost to Tennessee even in a good year, but they had 12 other games. They won 10 of them. Um, And Tennessee lost seven of them. 
that year. I and mean, so was anybody saying Tennessee was be- a better team, had a better year than Kentucky in 2018 when Kentucky went 10 and three and Tennessee went five and seven uh, and Kentucky finished yeah. ahead of them in the standings. Uh, and so if we're talking about standings and pecking order in the league, um, you know, whatever, for whatever reason that voodoo exists can, between Kentucky and Tennessee, Tennessee overall has been pretty much dog meat for a dozen years. I mean, in the last 12 years, they've only won more than eight games twice at Tennessee, where they are still, they're still celebrating a national championship from 1998. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, starting in 2008, five wins, seven wins, six wins, five wins, five wins, five wins, seven wins, a couple back-to-back nine-win seasons under Butch Jones, then four and eight, five wins, and eight wins last season. Um, you know, I, Tennessee is recruiting like crazy right now. They are on fire, but those guys aren't suddenly going to be in the program and juniors uh, this fall. So are they ready to make a jump now? I, I'm, I'm skeptical of that. You know, they probably yeah. will beat, they'll, they'll probably beat Kentucky again. Cause that's what they do. Uh, but that doesn't mean, they I do. think, you know, it doesn't mean I think that they're ready to make an overall jump in the league. I, I think I would still today pick Kentucky ahead of, Tennessee. I don't think there's any argument about Florida and Georgia ahead of Kentucky um, because Kentucky's got to finish ahead of those programs at some point to, for that to be a viable yeah. thing. Uh, I think it's bold to predict that Florida is going to beat Georgia in the East. Um, no doubt. Because Georgia's loaded, man. Like yeah. they, they just keep recruiting like crazy. Um, you know, and they keep getting quarterbacks. They just what they just got a USC quarterback, right? JT Daniels just transferred there, and they got the kid from Wake Forest. He may have to uh, sit out a season. He may not be able to play right away, but yeah, and and that's fine. They had already gotten their quarterback, uh, who'd been an All ACC quarterback uh, from Wake Forest. Who's uh, yeah, they're loaded at the quarterback. Who is position. you know yeah. who is eligible? Um, and so uh, I think it's Georgia's division until somebody proves otherwise. But Florida's on the rise for sure. And, you know, we know Dan Mullen's a great coach. I mean, what he right. was able, whether you like him or not, and I don't like him one bit, uh, I think he's a kind of a disingenuous boob. But he's a, <laughs> I don't he's care a, for him either. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a really, really good coach who, you know, you win it just like at Kentucky, but I think even more so, you win at Mississippi State at a high level in the SEC West when yeah. that's been a, just a murderer's row forever now. Uh, climb all the way to number one. At Mississippi State in the rankings, um, they fell apart a little bit at the end. But still had a ten-win season at Mississippi State. That's that's big stuff. Uh, and so, do I think him being able to get the kind of talent he's going to get at Florida, knowing that he was at Florida in the Urban Meyer days, he was the you know Tim Tebow guy. He was then the Dak Prescott guy, then the Nick Fitzgerald guy. Uh, he's a great dual-threat quarterback coach. Um, yeah, that's the key right there. He know, hasn't had one yet at Florida. And yeah, as soon but, as he, he hasn't had one that he's liked, it's been consistent. As soon as he gets the right one, look out. Yes, yes. Florida's going to get really good. Uh, there's, I don't have any questions about that. I'm not sure they're ready to jump Georgia just yet. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. We'll talk a ton more uh, football, Kentucky football specifically, on Monday. Uh, because you will have had a chance to read Kyle Tucker's State of the Program article in The Athletic that comes out on Sunday. So do that. That's your homework for Monday's Locked On Kentucky podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening today. Uh, Have a wonderful weekend. The weather is supposed to be uh, amazing here in in the uh, Central Kentucky area. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that. And then uh, I just also want to tell you um, that there are other 
plenty of other great, great shows here on, um, on locked on, on the locked on podcast network. Uh, there's the, the NBA big board. Chad Ford is now got his own podcast here on locked on. There's locked on, uh, NFL draft. If you're still interested in that. And then the sec, we have a locked on sec show. So tell your smart device to play the latest episode of one of those, uh, and enjoy it over the weekend. And we will be back to talk to you on Monday. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. If you have any questions, have a topic you want us to discuss, hit me up at D R I E F F E R. And Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A T H. Thanks for listening guys. Have a wonderful weekend. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.